Hey, my name's David. My name's Tyler. We're the Shapiros, and this is Double Overtime. Hey, hey guys, so we are back. It's Double Overtime. I'm David, of course, with Tyler again. How's it going, Ty? What's going on? Hey, so before we get started, go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter at the double underscore OT, the double underscore OT. Uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes as well. Just search for Double Overtime. Uh, we'll be one of the first one that pops up. Uh, before we get started, I also want to go ahead and say thank you to Tavian Johnson and Avery Pearl. Uh, they made our intro that you just heard. It's pretty dope. Uh, so thank you for that. And of course, we're here with Nolan Ebel, All-American Point Guard out of Augustana College. How's it going, Nolan? What's up, guys? What's up, guys? How's it going, man? Good. Good. I'm just happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for uh, for joining us. We uh, we're excited to have you. Got some good questions for you. Let the uh, sure, our sure. big our big fans. You know, we got a ton of them. Ton of fans. Yeah. Ton of fans. <laughs> they've been they've been Come looking on. forward to hearing Nolan Ebel. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Our first question is: You probably had this before, but what had what made you choose Division Three, and specifically, what about Augustana made you you know really intrigued to go there? Yeah, for sure. So uh, it's actually a pretty funny story. Coach Washington, who is no longer assistant coach, but he was the guy who recruited me. He actually slid into my DMs on Twitter um, <laughs> and told me to give him a call one day. And I, I really did not think I wanted to play Division Three basketball. And then um, he DM me on Twitter, gave him a call, and then they flew me out one weekend. I saw a game in the Carver Center, and um, the academics were really high, and uh, they support the basketball program really well. And obviously. Um, Augustana is pretty well known in Division Three, so I wanted to go somewhere that we could play for a national championship and be at the highest level I could. So um, that was pretty much why Division Three, because I knew that if I came to Augustana, we would have a shot to um, do something special. Yeah, for sure. No, it's talk actually, about uh, talk about your uh, your high school experience leading into college. Like, were you mm-hmm. were you disappointed? Uh, you know, I'm sure you got other offers from you know D2, maybe some Division One schools. But were you disappointed, uh, or do you think you made the right decision? You know, through your career. Wow, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I didn't have the hardest part. I'd say for going to a Division Three school is just the fact that you have to say Division Three because I think there's a stigma behind that that like, oh, then that means you're lesser than Division One, Division Two. But in my opinion, it's really not like that. I went and visited a lot of Division II schools and a couple Division I schools, smaller ones. And I really thought that the fan base and everything at Augustana was far and beyond better than the Division II schools. So I think the hardest part was just getting through that stigma of calling it Division Three. But other than that, I um, couldn't be happier with my decision. And uh, our team is had a lot of success and we've done some cool things um but yeah definitely no regrets happy that i'm here yeah and i'm sure uh i'm sure david kind of explained to you i so i played at lewis university which is here in, uh-huh. in aromaville so for us you know when we got that opportunity to play um you know these division one schools you know we played you know uh, loyola we played u of i we played you know our 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 mental state as a team we got so prepared because you know, growing up into the high school ranks and maybe not getting recruited as heavily as we thought we should, you know, we kind of stepped our game up. Can you talk about when you played these, you know, I know you guys played uh, U of I and these other schools. Like what was your, what was your mental make is going into the game and trying to prove them, Hey, I should have been recruited by these top schools. Yeah. I mean, I think the great part about our team is that we have a lot of guys with confidence. (laughs) Um, And I think going into that game, our confidence, I mean, we didn't play well, but going into the game, we all thought that we belonged there, and we were going in trying to beat Illinois. And a lot of us train with guys like big-time D1 guys or, or um, a lot of different levels of players in the summer and stuff like that. So we, it really wasn't that much out of our comfort zone. But we were going into it just like any other game, trying to beat Illinois, and obviously that didn't happen. But 
Um, yeah, preparation was just like any other game. And did the experience playing Illinois, you think that helps you guys later in the season? Oh, yeah, for sure. Not that many Division three schools get the opportunity to play a Big Ten team to start the season off. So, um, And, you know, it kind of made, humbled us. It made us realize that we're not as good as maybe we thought, um, especially after the season we had two years ago, or last year. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you guys experience. you guys have had a ton of success. And um, when I was at Augie, you know, watching you guys and guys before you play, you know, I had the pleasure of seeing them play against Iowa and Bradley and uh, this year, of course, U of I. And I think that's something that's different about Augustana and special is that, you know, you guys get to play these D1 teams and a lot of teams don't necessarily get that opportunity. And uh, I know a lot of guys don't want to play Coach G in the Vikings. Hey, let me ask you something, David. Being a, being the team manager, right? Yeah. I mean, did you get the opportunity to guard Nolan at all in practice? Like, did they did they t- did they bring you in to, to shut him down or what? I was I was I was more so there uh, to pass to Nolan. I was a world class passer. Um, but dude, I mean, honestly, like I've been to Division One games. I've seen your D two games, and I've seen a ton of Augustana D three games, and. The stigma around Division Three and Division Two is is just bullshit. Um, to be honest, these kids I mean, can, I can play. You, I mean, I can these guys you, can play. These kids at the D two level, and I know I know a lot of D three players. These kids can play, and I I know no one can play for sure. Like these guys, you, these guys are much much. Yeah, the, the stigma on the kind of all these D three D two kids just it's like a high school game. Not true at all. If, yeah. if our viewers have a chance to go watch Nolan or go watch these D two ranks, you guys would be greatly surprised yeah, at how good the talent is it's more about than just you know it's more about sports you know a lot of these guys go there for great educations and um you know you, know, you look at players like you played with you know ben ryan and uh brandon Motz. like these guys are just incredible basketball players but they're making incredible you know other moves in their lives with being doctors and all this cool stuff that's what makes division three so incredible like And I don't think people realize that the talent level is what it is. And I really would urge people to go out and watch. And Augustana has probably one of the best atmospheres as a fan base. One of the best in in any any division of college. It's unreal. I agree agree completely. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think you mentioned a really good point, too, is that we're not just basketball players. Like, um, even last night, some kid walked up to me and he was saying, like, it's crazy that you guys are out here hanging out with us because, you know, at bigger schools – uh, the basketball team and all those teams don't socialize and don't like even come to class or communicate with the other students and we make a serious point even in our team meetings we talk about you know making an effort to be friends with the other students and don't be too cool to talk to someone or anything like that and that's something that really separates us from those big schools as well and like you said in the classroom like Motsel and Ben Ryan and those guys they're making big plays off the court being doctors and stuff like that so yeah, for sure. Um, so we all, I mean, we take our academics seriously as well. Yeah, and I, and I can speak for that firsthand, you know, having the opportunity to work with you guys and be on the same campus as you guys, you know, you kind of see these D1 players and they kind of have this attitude about them, and that's not the case with uh, you guys, at least at the Division three level. Very friendly, very involved in the community, always, you know, doing things to help better Augustana, which is cool. Um, but I want to talk about a little bit of this this last NCAA tournament where you really stepped up your game. Um, what was your mindset going into the tournament? You know, you I don't know for anyone that didn't see Nolan, um, he really stepped it up. I think you averaged like twenty six points a game in the NCAA tournament. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, I think um, you know I went through some personal ups and downs during the season, and I think I. I I was struggling to score, like, the last couple games of the season I met with Coach G and just talked about, um, you know, it's a long season, six months of just playing every single day, and it kind of winds, gets, like, wears you down a little bit sometimes, and I just had to kind of recenter my focus, um, kind of lock, lock back in, and I've always been a player uh, where I want the ball in my hands in pressure situations, so in big games like that, I think every game we played was close. Uh, those are the times that I feel like I can play my best and um, have the ball in my hand as much as possible. And honestly, I have amazing teammates and a great coach, so that makes it easy to score points when you have great teammates. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, the mindset was just I had to refocus myself and understand that if we were going to try to make a run, I would have to step up my game and play better. So uh, it just worked out. 
And obviously, you have a ton of accomplishments. You're going to obviously continue to have, you know, finish your career off at Augie. But obviously, you're, you know, you're 98 points away from a thousand. I just want to ask you: Is that something on your mind, or is it something you're not, you're not too worried about? <laughs> um, my, my dad brings it up more than I do. <laughs> What do you think? Two games that you get it done? Or what do you think? <laughs> Two or three games? <laughs> Hopefully one game. <laughs> <laughs> Set an NCAA record. That'd there you go. Awesome. <laughs> but um, so, you know, what's it like for you, especially you kind of come out there and you're, you know, people have referenced you as you're like a little energizer bunny. Um, just, you know, you're, you're always playing hard. Um, you know, you're always playing the game the right way. And, um, you know, where'd that come from? How did you learn that early or yeah, well, my dad, at a young age, kind of raised me to play hard and play smart. That's kind of what we do at Augustana. We, we try to play hard and play smart every game. But uh, in high school, I played for a legendary coach, Ken Shaw, at Reeves Jesuit in Colorado. His main thing was attitude and effort are your only guarantees. So if you can go out, have a good attitude, and just work as hard as you possibly can and work smart, um, you're going to be successful. So I think that... Um, I really just go out and try to do my best and work as hard as possible. Sometimes my body doesn't agree with me on that, but I get a lot of like little injuries throughout the season. But um, yeah, I'm just I really pride myself on just being a guy who works as hard as he possibly can and tries to outwork the guy I'm guarding. So yeah, that's kind of just that's kind of just how I was raised. Yeah, and it seems like it, you know your teammates definitely appreciate that. Um, Tyler, I know you. You've played with people that are the same way. I know you play with the same kind of energy, and it's a it's a contagious thing contagious, to have people right, around yeah. you that play with that type of energy. And um, you know, you see guys on your team that started, um, you know, playing that way. You, you know, Mike Martin has really you know stepped up his game. And it, honestly, you guys are a lot of fun to watch. And I and I do believe it starts with you and a lot with Chris. Um, you guys are fun to watch out there, and there's a lot of energy. It's really fun to watch. Thank you. Thank you. What would you say your uh, What would you say your best attribute is on the floor? Ooh, that's a tough one. He's got a lot of good. He's got ones. a lot of them. I know you got a lot of them. No, 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 that's not what I mean. It's just tough to uh, think. Uh, probably, I would say my my leadership is probably the most valuable attribute because uh, for me, that's not something that I've always done. I used to be kind of quiet on the floor, and then when I came to Augustana and being a captain. You can't do that. So I had to learn to get out of my comfort zone and speak up a lot more and um, be that vocal leader. Because as the point guard, you can't really you can't really be quiet if you want to be a successful point guard. So yeah. Um, and like you said, guys feed off of that and the energy and um, the leadership as well. Because once once one guy starts being a leader, then the other guys want to do it too, and then that's. What obviously what Villanova did to win the national championship. So sure. And yeah. do you uh, do you find you know playing behind Hunter Hill? You know, did that help you in the leadership sense and you know learning to talk more and all of that stuff that a point guard needs to do? Yeah, uh, Hunter. Hunter was he was a little different because he, he was a little bit more quiet than I am, but he did it in other ways. He was he led by example, um, and I learned so much from him. He's definitely somebody who. I've looked up to and I still look up to and he really he really taught me how how hard you have to work and to be an all-american what you have to do and I set that out to be my goal and I really based a lot of my work ethic off of things that he taught me yeah for sure and that's you know that's great you were an all-american this year um you know you've been to three elite eights you've been to a national championship you know, what's it like? Did you expect all this when you came into Augustana? Um, I know you said you wanted to come somewhere where you could compete for a national championship, but yeah. three straight Elite Eights, you know, that, that's pretty special. That's pretty tough to do. Mm, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's tough because we set our goals so high that we want to win a national championship, and anything below that is pretty much not getting the job done. But then you take a step back and you, you realize the, the awesome things 
fun and the experiences we've had as a team have been great. But, um, yeah, the All-American thing was great, man. I, I'm i very thankful. I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm pretty strong in my faith, so I try to give all the glory to God, especially for um, individual achievements like that. But, uh, like I said, the team team was great. Uh, I think we had the best team in the country. We couldn't get it done, but um, when we were playing well, we were tough to stop. And as a point guard, that makes my job a lot easier. For sure. And I do have a question about um, kind of you know what to expect next year. Um, what's it going to be like without a guy like Dylan Sartillo around? You know, all-time leader in wins for Augustana, um, a great shooter, a great scorer, a great teammate, and just a, he's a really good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be tough, man. Um, I haven't thought about it that much because I'm trying to just soak up the time I got with him still. But he uh, he was the ultimate team player. He did a lot of things that people didn't really realize. He's, like we said, hard worker, good attitude, uh, and obviously a knockdown shooter. Yeah. So somebody's going to have to step up. Hopefully one of those guys that didn't have a big role this year will um, have a great offseason and work their butt off so they can maybe uh, score some points for us in his position. <laughs> Noah, talk about, um, as you're talking about the offseason, give a sense to our viewers, like, what are you doing right now to prepare for this season? Like, kind of give me, like, over the last few years, you know, obviously all the accomplishments you've had. Like, what, what does it take to become an All-American at, at Augustana? What are you doing through the, through the offseason? Yeah, so I would say um, the first thing is you can't, you can't just do the bare minimum. If you – that's kind of something that we always talk about as a team. If you want to be great, you can't just do the bare minimum. So we have practice um, six days a week. And if you're just doing what our team does – You'll never be great. So, um, in the past, right now, I'm healing up from this groin injury, so I'm doing yoga pretty much every day and uh, lifting and stuff like that. But I would say, in the past, when I was like on schedule and healthy, I would do 7 a.m. workouts with my skill coach Jordan Dill, and then I'd try to go shoot at least 500 makes a day, and then go to practice, and then. Um, I'd have to obviously like stretch and stuff like that. So I was trying to do like two or three extra workouts every day. And then in the summer, um, this last summer, for, for example, I'd wake up and I would have a trainer in the morning. We'd do skill work and lift and then go home, obviously eat lunch. And then I have to go do cardio and then go back, eat back to the gym with another trainer, usually play five on five, more skill work and then strength and agility work. So it's pretty much uh, get at the gym at around 5 or 6 a.m. And then we usually left at like 12.30, 12.45 at night. So wow. it's, def- it's definitely a full-time job. And um, I pride myself as being somebody who, who kind of had to work for, for what I had. And I, it wasn't really given to me. So um, unfortunately, I don't have really the, uh, the just natural athleticism. Uh, my dad didn't really give that to me. But, um, <laughs> Damn it, Dad. <laughs> okay, Dad, if you're listening to this, come on, man. <laughs> you got you to help my guy out here. <laughs> help me out. No, but uh, I definitely pride myself on my work ethic. And the offseason is a great time to um, get better at the things. Like, I already made a list of, it's about a page long, of uh, things I want to get better at. And I'm working with. And I don't, I don't think our viewers, I don't think our viewers understand the commitment college athletes have a lot of these people think you know these guys are just athletes and you know all they care like you have to go to school you still gotta you gotta do your homework you gotta do your tests like and you're doing all that obviously during the season and then you know you're doing what you mentioned the offseason like it's it's an amazing accomplishment of what you've done and obviously what your team has accomplished over the last you know three four years thank you i appreciate that it's definitely a full-time job definitely a full-time job yeah it's it's a grind out there um Mm-hmm. And you know I've you know I see you guys sticking around after practice and getting extra shots up and that's you know that's the things that I see and you know for all our people that only come to the games and you know only see you know the box score they don't see all this extra work that gets put in and um, that, that's what separates you know the all Americans um, you know I've seen guys like Hunter Hill go to work and I've seen you and Chris and Pearson Dylan all these guys and um, you know that's what makes Augustine so successful. Um, I kind of want to get your. Uh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just saying, Hunter. Hunter really was the first one because my freshman year, I showed up and he, he's like, "All right, 
7 a.m. tomorrow, skill work with Coach Dell. And I was like, really? We got, oh, I thought we had practice later. In the day. <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, but we got skill work too. And then that turned into three extra workouts a day. I was like, dang, but that's kind of what it takes. Yeah, and it's, uh, was it an adjustment for you? Like, you know, maybe not even mentally, but like just like physically. Like, did your body hurt? <laughs> yes, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my body hurts right now thinking about working out. I think after, uh, like I said, the six six months is a grind. So, um, I did, you, in the off season, you definitely need to work harder, but take care of your body because during the season, it's a lot harder. And, uh, I mean, I got a lot of different problems just because um, sometimes I overtrain, which Coach G gets mad at me for doing, <laughs> and uh, my body can't take it sometimes, so that's why I, I do yoga every day. Yeah, um, and I know you mentioned in high school you played for a legendary coach. Um, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's it like playing for Coach G, um, who in his in himself is a legendary college coach? Yeah, he's, uh, he's something. He's definitely a character. <laughs> uh, he's He's a great coach. I think people from the outside looking in, um, just see him yelling at us and stuff like that. But he really knows his stuff. Like um, in high school, I always thought that the best coach I'd ever play for is my high school coach because he was a legend. Then I came to Augustana, and I was like, "Well, I didn't realize all the stuff that goes into this that Coach D does." So he uh, obviously his record and everything he's done speaks for itself, but. Um, the guy knows his stuff, and he's a great coach. He is, and for those who don't know, um, Coach Gray Giovanni has been the head coach of Augustana for for a long, long time. Um, has an incredible record. He often speaks at uh, every year at like the NCAA um, <clears throat> clinics, um, and he's get, he gets to work with the great Division One coaches. And uh, it's pretty cool that you know Division Three has a coach as good as Coach G. Um, and he's right now actually speaking at a Nike clinic with like the best coaches in Division One. Yeah, I saw that he was with like Bob Huggins of West Virginia, yeah, that's awesome. yeah. like Bob Knight. Yeah. Like, it's pretty cool. Um, and it, you know, like was that part of your decision making as well coming into Augustana? Oh yeah, I mean, I I just want to win, man. So I wanted to go wherever that we would have the best chance, and Coach G obviously does that a lot. So. Um, he was a, definitely a big factor in me coming to Augustana. Yeah. What sure. other, uh, you mentioned briefly in the, initially, what other, uh, you mentioned D2, what other type schools were you getting recruited from out of high school? I know it's so, been three or four, three years or so since, <laughs> since that, if you remember. Yeah. Jeez, I'm getting old. <laughs> um, I, was, I was getting looks from uh, Azusa Pacific in California, um, Colorado Christian, um, a lot of the RMAC schools, that Division Two conference near Colorado and in Colorado. Gotcha. So what was it um, like then for you coming out to Illinois? I know originally you're from Illinois and then moved to Colorado, correct? Yes. I, was from, I grew up in Geneva and then moved to Colorado in seventh grade. Okay. Grade. So was it, a, you know, time, kind of an adjustment or tough to come back out here and be so far away from your parents who I know they've come to a ton of games, but obviously I'm yeah. sure they came to all of your high school games and stuff like that. Yeah, so my dad actually became a high school coach after I left, so it was a, uh, it was definitely difficult because he obviously loves the game and wanted to be there for all our games. But I have a lot of family. Like my grandparents came to almost every game, and aunts and uncles and Coach G and the coaches always joke about like how I just have family at every game. <laughs> but um, yeah, my, me and my parents are really close. Like they're my best friends. We talk every day still, and. It's tough, but we have a really unique dynamic on our team, and we're really like a family. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. David. Yeah. Like, it, it, we're really close, and that kind of makes up for the distance barrier with my parents. Yeah, for sure. And and I will speak to that. It, it really is like a family. Um, for those that only mm-hmm. see Coach G going crazy and throwing his suit jacket on the sideline, uh, he's <laughs> he's definitely more than that. He is a very different man off the court. Um, he's always intense, no no doubt about that. But he uh, he's a really nice man, and he really does care about his players. He cares, you know, as much about his players as he does about you know me and Chu and you know people that weren't playing for him. But he's he's a really good guy. So I that family thing is for sure. Yeah, and I can there. attest to that. Um, kind of knowing in David's point to our viewers, like we're on like we're on the road. You're with your team literally 
90, 95% of the day, especially during season. Like you're with them, you, you, you build a relationship on, the, on and off the court. So to our viewers that don't understand, this is not, like you said, this is a full-time job. Like we are with our players and our friends like from day one as we get into campus. And um, I know you, you played at a very good high school. Um, we already mentioned your coach. What about people that you played with, like Josh Perkins? And I know you have some other really good athletes and Division One basketball players that went to your high school as well. Yeah, I mean, it was a blessing because it really prepared me for college because I was playing with guys at a high level. And some guys coming from smaller schools and didn't have um, that much talent at their school and in their conference didn't get that experience. But um, – just like Hunter, Josh was a guy who I could really look up to, and I still reach out to him all the time. We work out together over the summer, and he's, he's a great role model. I mean, he handles his business the right way. He works hard. He's incredibly talented. Um, and I walked up to him, I think I was a sophomore, and he was a junior, or maybe I was a freshman, and I walked up to him in practice one day, and I was probably like five foot four at the time. <laughs> uh, and, and I was like, hey, and he's got like there's like 15 d1 coaches sitting on the sideline i'm like hey i'm guarding you every day of practice and i, and I was this little cocky dude too so he probably was like get out of my face <laughs> who's but, this guy um, <laughs> but he eventually i was guarding him every single day in practice just getting abused and my defense got so much better and i just learned so much from him and i uh, learned how to talk smack a little bit from him too so um <laughs> Gained a lot, and I mean, Drake Bernstein at Washington State, um, guys like Don Collier at Colorado University, Eric Garcia played at Wofford, now he plays overseas. Um, the Colorado basketball community is kind of a pretty tight-knit group, so we all stay in contact and help each other out whenever whenever you need help, So, and, and I'm the same way with the younger guys, so it's a really cool community. What's your, what, what's your plans after... After Augie, is it something that you want to play professionally overseas? NBA aspirations? You know, what, what are your what's your views? <laughs> you know, I'm planning to declare for the draft after next year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you need an agent, uh, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, that's something that I've dreamed of my whole life to play professional basketball. And if the opportunity presented itself, I would definitely um, consider it seriously. Like I mentioned, Eric Garcia is a uh, somebody that I've looked up to, one of my friends who plays overseas um, right now. So I've got guys that I need to talk to still and kind of figure out um, realistically how that's going to work. But it's kind of a dream at this point. And if it works out, uh, I would be honored and I would definitely think about it seriously. Yeah. And um, speaking of overseas, um, what was it like for you a couple uh, summers ago playing in Italy and Spain <laughs> against some of these professional teams? Yeah, I mean, you were there, which was the best part. Having, having you around uh, definitely helped, helped the team. <laughs> I, was, I was there, you you're know. The, you were the hype man, I bet. <laughs> I, was, I was on the sidelines keeping a couple tallies or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a great experience. And it was just cool to kind of walk into a stadium and have those banners up talking about promoting Augustana College against these pro teams. And getting to play Ricky Rubio's younger brother and um, some cool teams like that and play have our first really experience against professional teams was really interesting and then obviously we, we won every game so that was fun and uh, getting to have a little bit of success against pro teams really boosted our ego and helped us kind of propel us into that season that we had. For sure and do you think that um, being overseas and obviously you know playing against a great competition like that is is cool but does it just help as you know a team um, you know, building some oh, yeah. camaraderie and getting together and being in a completely different place than you're used to. Yeah, definitely. I think just getting out of your comfort zone is something that's really important, um, especially with building team chemistry. When you're out of your comfort zone, it kind of forces you to either separate or get closer. And um, that was what that Europe trip really did. I think we got a lot closer as a team. That was really the time that um, I kind of started playing the point guard role because obviously I was coming off the bench as a freshman and then going into my sophomore year. Um, becoming the starting point guard kind of gave me a, um, a platform to become a leader. And I know a lot of guys had the same thing, same experience. So 
it was it was awesome. Yeah, and it was it was a lot of fun being out there. It was really fun. Oh, it was. <laughs> no, let's uh let's move on here a little bit. And I know we briefly talked about it uh, in the opening. Can you kind of talk about the um, the experience against playing U of I? Um, obviously, a yeah. Big Ten Division One. What was that going in? How did you feel in the game? I know the the win loss wasn't obviously what you guys wanted, um, but kind of explain the experience overall playing a big big time D one school. Yeah, it was a great experience just to even pull up in the bus, drive in through the tunnel and everything like that. And it was a lot of hype and a lot of media and all that. Um, so that was fun, obviously. And just just getting your name called out in the starting lineup at U of I is just fun. Like it was the game itself was all right. I mean, I felt like, I know myself, Dylan, and Krishan, we all talked about how confident we were going into it. Um, and we felt the same way in the game. I think I had a couple too many turnovers, and there are things that I could have done better, but confidence-wise, we felt like we could play at that level, and um, the guys we were guarding, we felt totally confident going up against them. And But we just didn't play well as a team, and that's obviously on me. And all the guys, but um, it was awesome. It was a ton of fun. I'm so thankful that we had that opportunity, and we're really hoping that we can get a couple more games in the future. But um, no, one, no one wants to play you guys, Nolan. That's the problem. Coach G's been trying for years, but nobody will play us. But obviously, Pearson Tearing's ACL. Yeah. Was definitely a bummer. Yeah, us. I was gonna ask. Um, you know, what was what was it like seeing one of your you know, best players and one of your best friends um, go, go down like that. Yeah, I mean, he's been my roommate for like two and a half years, so um, it's just hard to see your friend because at that point it doesn't even become about basketball. It's really just about him as a person. Seeing somebody not be able to do what they love for nine months or six months or whatever his recovery time, that's just tough. So I had my one of my best friends in high school actually – Josh Perkins' little brother tore his ACL twice in high school, so mm. I had to go. I had to watch that, and then of course come here, and my best friend tears his ACL. So it's just really sad. It's just tough for everybody. Yeah, and um, speaking of Pearson, you know he'll he'll be back next year. It's it's been a while since he's you know just been with you guys. Um, obviously, he had some stuff going on the year before this, and then you know the the knee injury this uh, this past year and. You know, what's it what's it like for you guys to know you have Pearson Wolford coming back? I mean, he's the best recruit in the country, that's what we keep saying. <laughs> no one no one really knows what he's capable of except our inner circle and obviously you because you saw him play, but um he's a dog. He's working so hard with his rehab and he's he's a very, very, very good basketball player and he got voted a captain into this next season, so He's going to be in a bigger role and have to do a lot more things than he was going to be doing this year. So he, I think he'll be ready, and I think he's going to open the eyes of pretty much everybody in the country. Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. I mean, the way he he's really he rebounds the ball, he can score from almost anywhere. I mean, I'm really excited to see him, you know, play a full year. I hope that everything works out for him, and I think he gives you guys a very good chance of being successful in the postseason. No doubt, no doubt. Um, so then, you know, is that pretty much your guys' mindset now coming into your senior year? Um, you guys have quite a few seniors, you know, you and Chris specifically, two All-American senior guards. Um, is the expectation, you know, national championship or it was kind of a failed season? You know, yes. I, I just met with Coach G the other day with our one-on-one meeting. and We were talking about kind of the legacy that we want to leave. Um, and this was just me and him, but... Obviously, you want to be the best to ever come here, and we want to we want to do things that people haven't done. And in order to do that, you got to win a national championship. And um, it's interesting because our sophomore year, we felt like we were a Cinderella story, and there was a lot of pressure on us because we weren't supposed to be there. And this year, and especially leading into next year, I don't feel that pressure as much because. Um, because we've done a lot already, and now this is kind of like, you know, finishing the deal. So, I, I, I don't know if that sounds cocky. I don't I don't mean it to sound cocky, but I think that as a team, we're going into this next year kind of expecting to win it all. And if we don't, it'll 100% be a letdown. 
because, I mean, the talent we have, and um, obviously we have a great coaching staff, but we're bringing back a lot of a lot of weapons that could be could be very solid. For sure, and you know, your freshman year, you had you know the Hunter Hill and Ben, Tavy, and Mots, you know, all those studs and. Um, you know, a lot of people expected you guys to win the national championship that year. And, uh, you know, obviously things didn't work out. We lost to St. Thomas. Um, I know this year actually was like the first year in six years that we haven't lost to the team that's won the national championship, which is a crazy stat. So for those who don't know, Augustana, besides this year, for six years in a row, has lost in the national championship or to the team that's won the national championship. Um, I mean, it's just kind of a testament to how good and consistent Augustana has been. And, um, you know, for you guys, you said your sophomore year, um, you uh, you guys weren't really expected to be there. And you guys made yeah. a little bit of a Cinderella run with those, you know, two buzzer beaters in the first round against Whitewater and St. Thomas. And, I mean, kind of explain what that, you know, you said there you, you kind of felt a little more pressure because um, you weren't expected to be there. But what was it like, you know, kind of being the underdog, not playing at home for any of that tournament? Honestly, it was crazy because we were all just kids. Like, I hadn't started a game until that season. And same with Chris and same with all those guys that were playing. So we just kind of got thrown into a situation, and they were like, all right, go play. (laughs) So we we didn't even realize what we were doing. I remember sitting on the bus looking at Chris, and um, we after he hit the second game winner, and we're just looking at each other like, (laughs) what is going on so it was just a wild time last last tournament run was just crazy and um propelled us into this year we had a really solid year this year and but yeah man we didn't even realize what we were doing last season until after the season when people had to remind us what happened yeah i mean from a team that was the one of the last teams to make the tournament at an at-large bid to losing by two in the national championship or yeah. one, whatever it was, still. I mean, yeah, an incredible run. Um, I kind of want to get off the whole not, – not get off the basketball subject. But yeah, I wanna, we're grilling you on these, uh, on these questions. I want to talk a little bit about <laughs> you. I promised the fans that we'd talk a, bit, a little bit about you. Um, so did you, sure. did you fill out a March Madness bracket this year? Honestly, David, I, I didn't. Wow. The, there's a reason because they're prop they're prop bets on that one. And someone just won a lot of money. For <laughs> no, I uh, I didn't fill out a bracket first time in my whole life because I was so caught up in our tournament and like getting like extra reps and doing all that stuff that I like wasn't even focused. Obviously, I wanted Gonzaga. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was. I watched every Gonzaga game. I was rooting for Josh and those guys, but um. I don't know why. Honestly, if I could go back, I would have filled one out. Um, I would have had Villanova. No, I'm just playing. I, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I don't know. But you would have uh, had Loyola in the Final Four. We know how it is. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, okay. I didn't even fill one out, unfortunately. All right. Noah, what would you say one NBA player translates to your game? Who would you Who would you say that would be? Wow, that's a great question. That's kind of a tough one. I'm trying to think yeah. of. I'm trying to think of one for you too. Someone who, someone who, personally, I like. I try to play like, and I um, take a lot of his characteristics and try to put it into my game. Is Russell Westbrook? I obviously don't have the athleticism and all the size that he has, but his mindset of just like going into every game in attack mode and going at you until you like literally can't play anymore like he, he's just like i feel like he's always coming at people yeah and and in a league that maybe has softened up in the past couple of years i think he's one of the players who really is hard-nosed and um gets after it every game that's that's, that's who i would I try to be like i, I was at russell i was actually thinking, just because the way you like, you try to destroy your defender. Like, you don't let up on your defender no, no matter what, whether it's probably in practice, off-season, regular season, tournament games. It doesn't matter. You're trying to destroy your defender at all costs and not let anything go. Like, that's what Russell Westbrook does on a daily basis. And, and I, had, uh, I had kind of a similar player to Russell Westbrook, kind of the poor man's version. I, I kind of was thinking of John Wall. Um, obviously, you know. You got, you're not dunking on people like John Paul and Russell Westbrook are. But, yeah, just the, the way you attack, you know, the basket. 
um, get your teammates good looks. I know you're a, you're a great rebounder. You kind of pride yourself on crashing the boards as well. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I I was leaning. Well, you towards. would be wrong. I was wrong. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Hey, Russell. Hey, those are the ultimate compliments. Thank you guys so much for absolutely. Um, so who were like your favorite players growing up? Who'd you watch? Oh man, Michael Jordan. I had my dad had these tapes, um, VHS tapes of all Michael Jordan's playoff games, and literally a whole like bin full of them. And every game before I would go out and play, I would watch highlights of Michael Jordan and full game films of Michael Jordan from like the nineties. And I'd be playing on my like little tight suit or doing ball handling drills, watching Michael Jordan. So. Um, he's the GOAT. I've always looked up to him my whole life, but I was a big D. Rose fan, too. Cause Hell yeah, D. Rose, baby! Yeah, <laughs> D. Rose fan. I got his jersey signed, framed in my room at home, so definitely a big D. Rose fan, which I would just like to say, also somebody who used to really attack his defenders. Yeah, yes. for sure. Um, D. Rose is a monster. Too bad. I don't know what the injuries got to him or what, but um, definitely somebody that I've always looked up to. No, and help us. I think you just answered the question. <laughs> help us settle this debate: LeBron or Michael? Because I think David and I agree, right? Yeah, we're, I think we we're agree. kind of on the LeBron we're, train. We're on the LeBron train. Please, oh, please, no. uh, please tell us why you think MJ. Let me. I want to hear this. So first off, this is an argument that is in our locker room at least three, <laughs> t- at least three times a week, and we've never settled it. And it has to be Andy McLaughlin leading the conversation. <laughs> no doubt, He's the whole time. I mean, I am a big-time Michael Jordan as the GOAT fan. Yeah, see, I, the, the only reason I want to say Michael is because we're from Chicago, but... I got a lot and, of shit at work. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's just because, like, we're seeing LeBron play in, like, a time that we can fully understand basketball. And, yeah. you know, I didn't really have the opportunity to see Michael Jordan play, really, you know, yeah. at a, such a age where I know the game. And I think that's kind of why I picked LeBron, but me and Tyler have talked about it, and he can, dude, I mean, he can be the best player at any position. He would the be court. the best center point for, it don't matter. He's the best, in my opinion, position. If you put him as a point guard, he's the top point guard, right? Like, whereas yeah, Michael. The best part the best part of what you said there is that, in my opinion, because there's never going to be an answer, but everyone is going to say their own. <laughs> yeah, that's, the that's true. The problem is everyone says, no, he's the best. He is, he is. <laughs> Well, I mean, in the, in that argument, like taking bias out of sight, like what does LeBron James like? If LeBron James won six titles, now I understand he's lost a lot more. Michael went undefeated in the, in the finals. Like, what would you say LeBron needs to do to like have a real conversation? Because obviously there's this back and forth. But what would you what would you say? To be honest, I don't. Michael Jordan is like he's like a not a god, but he's like a, a mythical. <laughs> like, he's just been passed down for generations as the goat. Like he's, it's just kind of like how it is. But I think what separates him, in my opinion, obviously we talked about. I value mindset and really attacking your defender, and the mentality that MJ had, I think, differs from LeBron in the fact that I feel like MJ was going out there to literally embarrass the guy and like yeah. go at you so hard the whole game. Kind of like the same Kobe mentality. Yeah, we were gonna say David. I I think Dave. I think Kobe and Michael. I think is more of a better comparison than LeBron and and no MJ. Doubt. Yeah, that they would, just. I think would be harder to debate in my opinion. Yeah, and those. I mean, yeah. When you think of like Kobe and Michael, it's just two guys that want to go out and win, and they're gonna do, do it any it way that him. they have to do it. Yes, and that's why. I mean, that's something that I value in my game, and I try to emulate. And those are two guys that. Obviously, are my two favorite players of all time because of that. Kobe and Michael are. Yeah. Um. So then, who do you who do you have winning the championship this year, the NBA championship? Oh man! So don't like, say Houston. Like I, like I said, like I said, the Colorado basketball community is really tight. There's a guy, Derek White, who plays on the Spurs, and crazy story went Division two, then transferred to Colorado University, and then gets picked in the first round by the Spurs. So, um, I believe this is still his rookie season. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. And so, I'm rooting for Derek. I know he got in the first game, but, I mean, they got whooped by the Warriors. 
So I'm rooting for the Spurs. I think they're going to get knocked out in the first round. But um, if other other than that, I, I'm a big Warriors fan. I hate to say that, but <laughs> um, I just love how much fun they have when they play. And they just, like, share the ball. and It just seems like they're having a good time and they're just dominating. So um, I like the way Steve Kerr coaches and, and the stuff that they run. So then is it, is it Warriors-Cavs for you, or are we going to finally see something different? We already oh, know what man. it's going to be. It's going to be Warriors-Cavs. Yeah, we already know. <laughs> we already know, man. We talked about this time and time again. You guys got half the team right. The Cavs will be there. That's it. No. Give me the Houston Rockets. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. The if, if LeBron James doesn't win the MVP, I'm going to be so pissed. He's, then you're yes, you're going to be in a bad mood. Dude, I'm, <laughs> dude I'm telling you. MVP. No. Yeah, the Cavs are back in it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's, yeah, the East is just so weak compared to the West. I don't know, though. Philly. Philly, they Philly looked, looked so good, good last night without him. Ben Simmons too. is a monster. Yeah, he is. What do you think about he Ben is. Simmons, Nolan? I think he's a dog. I I love him. I think at that caliber, he has potential to be one of the best. Like, yeah. One of the best to ever do it. His body type and um, his skill set is just something you don't see very often. Obviously. Yeah. It's like, not... LeBron, but he's like that. No, I agree. Yeah, I think we I think, I think that he's the next LeBron. Maybe not the next LeBron, but the next closest thing we'll see to like someone dominating a game like that, especially once he develops yeah. a jump shot. Yeah, for sure, no doubt. Uh, so what what do you do in your free time? You uh, you big Fortnite guy? <laughs> <laughs> I was a big Fortnite guy when the game originally started to get popular, um, and then. I don't have an Xbox in my room, but we have four in our apartment. And then uh, once it got really popular, my roommates played all the time, so I don't have a TV to play it on. So, um, Damn, so been playing that Pearson, Pearson took that away from you, huh? Pearson took that away from me. But honestly, man, I, uh, I'm i working I'm working for the Office of Student Life, and I'm, I do graphic design work for um, some other people as well. And then... When I'm not working or doing schoolwork, I'm usually in the gym or lifting or something, trying to get extra work in. Very so cool. So I'm not a big, not a big video game guy for the most part. Okay. What uh, what do you like most about graphic design? What kind of, you know, brought you towards that? Yeah, my dad um, works for a design company in Denver, so I was kind of raised to <laughs> to be in that business, kind of. Um, and then, obviously, being raised by somebody like that, it kind of trains you to think in that kind of way it's kind of weird to say but designers kind of think in a different way um kind of solve problems differently than um most people but um so the thinking aspect thinking outside the box and coming up with ideas that are different than most people and um i think my favorite part is probably just making cool stuff making things look nice yeah (laughs) i think uh, it sounds it sounds uh, like kind of lame, but there's something there's something special about creating something and then having it be beautiful um, and making the world a cooler looking place. Yeah, for sure. And you so, know, you kind of have you know an ability to be creative. And do you kind of exactly. do you kind of maybe see some comparisons in your love for graphic design and your love for basketball? Because you're a point guard, mm-hmm. you know, you're creating for your team and for yourself. Like, where do you do those kind of link together in a sense? No doubt. No question. I mean, you have to be creative on the court. You can't just – if you just go out and do what everybody else is doing, you'll never probably be great. So I think you have to exercise that different thinking, different mentality. Um, and, I mean, obviously leadership. In design, we're, like, presenting every single day. Like, hey, look at what we're doing. This is why it's good. This is why it's bad. You have to be open to criticism and understand how to take it in the right way. And that's the same way, too, like – one, you got to be a leader and be able to present because every game you're pretty much presenting your skills. And then, um, obviously, criticism. I get a lot of criticism because I'm the point guard, so whatever the team does, I kind of will take the front of it, the brunt of it. So um, got to be able to take criticism the right way. Nolan, I got a question for you. Did you, uh, did you play any other sports in high school? I, <laughs> I played football as a freshman. And then um, at my high school, actually, if you played basketball, you weren't really 
technically allowed to play another sport, they, they would, like, sit you down and be like, hey, if you're serious about this and you want to play here, um, you're going to want to, like, focus either on football or basketball. So I had to make that decision after my freshman year and just quit football and play basketball. Great decision. Yeah, it, really, <laughs> it worked out for you so far. Um, what are some of your other favorite sports to, like, watch or just go to? If you want to see a bunch of men hit each other, you should definitely watch hockey. Way more entertaining than lacrosse. About- <laughs> I do like watching hockey, actually. I, I do like watching hockey. Have, you, um, have you been to any like uh, sporting events in Denver? you seen like the Nuggets, the Rockies, um, the Avalanche, any of those teams play? Yeah. I, my friend, my best friend back home, Kip, he, uh, he has season tickets to all the Nuggets games. So we would go like all the time and um, went to a bunch of Rockies games been to avalanche games um what else mammoth or the lacrosse team went to one of their games so yeah i support everybody in denver you know gotta gotta give credit where credit's due <laughs> we're, hope, we're hoping the nuggets can turn the corner they had a great season this year um hoping that they can yeah. turn that corner and jimmy g buckets just destroyed that hope of the of the playoffs <laughs> i would have loved to see the nuggets get in the playoffs i think they're talented for sure Who's That'd your favorite NBA team? I would say before this year, it was probably the Warriors. Um, but my favorite team, probably the Nuggets. I like I like the Nuggets and I like the Bulls, obviously, because I was I lived in both places. But um, I like that they're young and they're kind of turning the corner and could definitely turn into a great franchise and maybe bring back the Thuggets with Chauncey and all those guys. Maybe uh, bring back the Thuggets part two. Yeah. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Alright, so me and Tyler had this this discussion a little bit. If you can start an NBA franchise right now and you have the first pick, who are you taking? I said that I would probably take Anthony Davis or Giannis. Oh. I said AD. Wow. I said AD. Okay. Wow, that's a great question. Giannis is so good. He's so like, raw. He's, and he's so just different. Like you don't you will not see another player like that probably ever. I agree. Um, I probably go Giannis as well. Giannis. That's a wrong that's a wrong answer. That's a that's a wrong no, I'm just kidding. That's yeah, yeah. can't go wrong. <laughs> he just like so just dynamic. Yeah, he's you just so many things. He's so unique and so young and I think once he finally learns how to play, you know, off the ball and just learn the game completely, he'll be a, a stud, an unguardable. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ben Simmons could be a, definitely up there too though. Yeah, Ben Simmons yeah, is that's, good. that's a The that's thing a with me is Anthony Davis I think like you said he's that step up and he's what the same? How old is Anthony? I think Davis? Anthony Davis just turned twenty-five. I mean, you know, what I mean, like Anthony Davis is yeah can do it all. He he's starting to learn how to shoot the basketball. I think Giannis is still very raw. He doesn't know. He just runs the floor and just uses athleticism to kind of dominate the game. I just don't think he's fully there yet. Um, but yeah. I mean, he's a you can't go wrong. I mean, we we would see each other in the in the finals and 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 do well, yeah. it or not. I mean, it's not a big sure. you know I mean, so but no doubt. I'm surprised neither of you said Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Lonzo, I do have a, I do have another question. As as it's getting close to the, uh, the NBA draft, David and I debated this. Um, I believe last show, who's your top five, in terms of players? No, no order, just in terms of who do you think are the top five picks? Um, you know, going this year. Oh, man, I do want to know who's your, who's the best player in this draft as well. Like who, the rest I don't okay. care about the order, but who's the best? I care about the order. Oh man, 
So I, I played Marvin Bagley in high school, so um, I'm a little biased towards him. I think he's just crazy talented. He's like seven feet tall, and he can shoot the three. So Mar- I think Marvin is probably the best player in the draft, in my opinion. Um, I look good in a Bulls uni. <laughs> he like he just uh, he's he can do so many different things and uh, attack the rim, get rebounds, and he also has a kind of killer mindset as well. Yeah. So yeah. Um, let's see, top five. I I I can't even think of that many. I mean, uh, Michael Porter Jr. is a dog. I he, think I got I got to see him play at Augustana this year. He played. They had a scrimmage against Wisconsin, so. Really. Um, yeah, it was it was like closed doors, but we got to watch it. That's pretty cool. What's yeah, it uh? Cool. What's it like? You know, you guys get to play in the off season. You know, whenever Ethan Happ comes around, like, what's it like playing with a Division One player like that? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, Ethan's a really good guy too. He's really helpful. Um, and like going back to Denver as well. Like, there's a lot of guys that are really down to earth, cool people that you would hear that and you'd be like, "Are you serious?" And you you walk up to them, and you're like, "No way, Jim or Fredette? Are you serious?" But they're just really chill and cool guys. So, and Ethan's just one of those guys. Like, you would never expect him to be a potential NBA draft pick this year. If you right. Met yeah. Like, yeah. Guys like Jim or Fredette, we have the same trainer back home, Nick Graham, and uh, he's just like a nice person. I gotta say, the first time I saw Ethan Hab step into the Carver Center, I had no idea who he was, and then I saw him start playing. <laughs> I was like, "Who the who the fuck is this guy? Like, is he coming to Augie?" <laughs> but yeah, the, I I agree though. Ethan, I've met him a couple times. He's a super nice guy. Um, and, and even you guys at the Division Three level, like, I mean, we talked about it earlier. You guys are just always out there, you know, trying to get to know people. And so I know your plans for this off season are a little bit different. Um, you know, talk about that. Yeah, so, well, this summer I'm taking four weeks off to just kind of let my body rest, and um, I've been going at this basketball thing for my whole life, so I'm going to take four weeks to really just be present and be a camp counselor at a Christian camp um, called TBRM in Texas, so for the first four weeks of summer, I'm going to be doing that, and then um, right after that, head back to Denver, and I have... Two trainers lined up, like one for the morning, one for night, and then um, yoga and like everything we mentioned at the beginning, back on track. But for the first four weeks, I'm really just going to be really trying to pour into these young kids at this camp and try to be uh, a positive influence in their lives. That's awesome. Um, what is the uh, camp kind of centered around? Is it you said it was um, a religious camp, correct? Yeah, it's a Christian camp. Okay, very nice. Is this your first yeah. time doing something like that? It's my first time being a camp counselor. Uh, I went to camps like growing up. I've never been to this one, but one of my mentors and friends, his name's Wes Burnell, he actually uh, told me about this and he worked there. So it's definitely somebody that I've looked up to. So I wanted to have the same experience that he had. Very cool. Um, well, that's, that's pretty much all we've got for you. Um, you know, thank you so much for yeah, coming on thank here. Thank you, man. Was, we yeah, did pretty much. For me, guys. Yeah, anytime you want to come you're, on. Uh, you're welcome anytime, man. Awesome, I appreciate that. But yeah, you know, thank you guys again. This was double overtime, our all American guard guest. First guest ever. First Nolan, guest on the show, man, making history. Nolan Evil guest making ever. history for us. Um so you know that's it. I'm David. That was Tyler. And See you later. thank you guys. Have a good one.